Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Um, hey, my name is Adam. I'm the pastor here at the Vineyard. And man, I just want to say it's so good to be with you guys here in the room or online. It's, it's really good just to be with the people of God, isn't it? Uh, just to hear voices around us, to, to bless the Lord. And man, I, I just, I feel the Lord already this morning. And that's, that's always a good sign. You know, we're headed in the right direction. A little bread crumb, breadcrumb letting us know where we're going here. Um, hey, if you want to this morning, I would love it if you would open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. That's where we've been. And we're going to kind of like just wrap a little series we've been working on and through here at the Vineyard. And this series is all about like answering the question, what is, what is the kingdom of God? One of the things we've wanted to do for the last month is just sort of dig into this, this question of what is the kingdom of God? Because in the last 18 or 24 months, man, the Vineyard Church here has changed, just like a lot of churches have changed. Uh, a lot of you are familiar faces, but a lot of you are sort of normal, uh, and you've been here for a very long time. But then there's a, a bunch of other people here who are, who are brand new. And, and you've been asking this question, well, what is, what, is the, what is this kingdom thing you guys always talk about at the Vineyard? In fact, we've been asked that a lot here in the last few months. And what we wanted to do was sort of slow down and go, okay, here is this kingdom thing that we talk about at the Vineyard a lot. And here's why we talk about it a lot. Uh, the main reason is because it's the only thing Jesus ever talked about. And so what we thought we would do is just spend a month reading one chapter of the Bible where Jesus tells one story after another about what the kingdom of heaven is like. So that's what we've been doing. And what I want to do this morning is I just want to read you three or four verses that Kate already read so well. Uh, and I want to talk about two tiny little parables that are actually very connected, uh, where Jesus tells us again what the kingdom of heaven is like. So, Cody, if you can help me out, uh, let's put it up. It goes like this. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. And in his excitement, he hid it again, and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Y'all want to know what the kingdom's like? It's like this guy went out walking, and he found some treasure. He sold everything he had, and he bought it so he could have the treasure. Isn't that, isn't that clear? Awesome. Here's the second parable this morning. Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. And this merchant's on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Here's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk to you about kingdom treasure or the kingdom of heaven is a treasure. But, but before we do that, let's just talk about treasure in general because that's one of the things that's in both of these parables. Both parables have at their center this idea that there's some kind of a treasure. And when I think about treasure, I guess the first picture that comes to my mind is uh, gold coins or gold bars, right? You know, if we're it's not just money. It's got to be like gold. It's got to be, it's got to be something that sank, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be something that was put on a ship or something like that, right? Like it's got to be gold bars or gold coins. Uh, it's usually in a chest and then there's a map where X marks the spot. Isn't that the way it works? Yeah. The other day. The other day, Rowan and I, we were, we were driving in my truck and I was using, 
I was using my little Siri map, and Rowan asked me from the back seat, he said, hey, Dad, does Siri put an X where you're going? Does X mark the spot on Siri? And I thought, that's, that's interesting. They should make a little update to it. And when you type it in, there should, be a, there should be an X there. But there's not. But that's what I think about when I think about treasure. I think about like gold coins. I think about gold bars. I think about this map. And there's, there's like an X where, where the treasure is buried. Or, or maybe if you're of a certain age, um, you remember Scrooge McDuck. You guys remember? And he, 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 would, he, had like a, he had like a silo or something, didn't he? And he would... He would, and he could swim in the, he could swim in the gold, right? Now you have to be a certain age to understand that reference. You got to be about 40, maybe a little, maybe a little younger, but not much, honestly. Here's the thing though. In reality, a lot, a lot of things can be treasure, right? Like money can be treasure, but it can also be things like, things like our houses or, or relationships. You know, some of you, when I started talking about treasure, you started thinking about what? Your family. You started thinking about your family. It can be money. It can be houses. It can be relationships. It can be spouses. It can be our family. Uh, it, can, it can be a degree that you went nuts trying to get. Anybody in here just grind your face off to get a degree? And at the end, you're like... This is my precious. Like, I don't know what we just did to get this, but this is my precious. Uh, it, uh, it could be a job or, or maybe a promotion. Uh, maybe, maybe you did that thing where, where you worked a job and you really started working for a promotion. Uh, you maybe even told your boss, you know, like, hey, I want to I be up for promotion. And so your boss did what all bosses do. They, they let you have all the responsibility and none of the pay for a couple years. Isn't that the way it works? Yeah. And you just... You just grinded your face off for a promotion. Um, but in general, in general, treasure has a few, a few components. And I just want to talk about those real, real quickly. Uh, number one, uh, treasure, treasure has value. Anything that's, that's treasure, it, it's, it has value. And, and usually it's from scarcity. And in the, things that, in the case of things like houses, spouses, jobs, and degrees, uh, there's, there's always this element of scarcity, that's connected to all of them. So, so for instance, um, I have one wife. <laughs> Affirmation. I have, I have, I have one, I have one wife. Uh, she, she's a treasure to me for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons my wife is a treasure to me is because I just have, I, I just have this one wife. I gave my yes to her. And that yes to her was like, was like six and a half billion no's or three and a half. Three and a half billion notes. That's how many women there are in the world. I get math genius. But I gave my wife a yes. I gave my wife a yes. And, and what we decided is that we would choose each other. And, and simultaneously, it's a no to everything else. And so what that means is there's some kind of like, there's some kind of a choosing in there that's, that's each other, where we're looking at each other and we're going, it's just, it's just you and me, babe. And it's, it's no to everybody else. And so the thing that sits under it is what we're saying is we're, we're a treasure to each other, right? Yeah, that's the way it works. Um, I have one wife. Uh, maybe, maybe you connect with this. Maybe you bought a house and houses are treasure and there's some scarcity there too. Houses are treasure because they sit on land and as the old saying goes, they ain't making more, right? <laughs> right. You, you got a house, it sits on some land. There's, 
There's not a, there's not a land machine out there. Like Elon Musk hasn't figured out how to make land. You know, he drills into land, he shoots rockets off of land, but he hasn't figured out how to make land. And so houses are treasure. Uh, the more lucrative uh, the career or the position, how many of you are aware of this? The rarer they are. The more lucrative the career or the position, the more rare they are. Uh, there's only one CEO at a company, but there's lots of workers in the warehouse, right? Yeah, there's, there's this idea of scarcity. And degrees, well, degrees cost our time and they, and they tax our intellectual power. So treasure, treasures have value. Uh, second thing about treasure, treasures bring security. That's one of the things that's kind of underneath it. There's always this idea of like security or safety that we're trying to acquire when we think about things that have value to them like this. Money buys us a place to live. You can, you can do a lot of things with money. Uh, spouses and families bring us not only emotional comfort, but how many of you know there's like, there's like safety in a family? Like if you have a good family, you, your life just has this invisible safety net that's underneath it. You know, uh, how many of you ever, ever maybe hit uh, an emotional hard time and your family was just there for you, you know, uh, or how many of you ever hit a financial hard time and, and all of a sudden dad just kicked in again, you know, it's like, Hey, I know you're going through it. Here's a couple thousand bucks. Don't worry about it. And r- literally, literally you could have like a father or an uncle or, a, or an aunt give you a, a thousand bucks when your car breaks down and it could literally change the trajectory of the next two years of your life. How many of you know that's true? It's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And, and studies are showing us over and over again, uh, you want to you raise kids who do well? You want to raise kids who do well? Just, just stay committed to each other. Moms and dads, just stay committed to each other. It's like the number one thing for your little guys. Stay, why? Because there's some kind of like safety. There's some kind of security that comes from family. Have, have a place to put your heart, have a place to put yourself, and you just, you just do well. You just do well. Uh, degrees, degrees and certification, certification uh, they, they position us to be in demand. You know, if you get a piece of paper, it, it's just like this, it just qualifies you to be in demand for some things that maybe you wouldn't be in demand for any other way. Um, how, how many of you understand that, like, if you're going to have surgery, you want, you, you want the doctor who has the degree? <laughs> like, I want to I go in their office, I want to see the piece of paper. I saw Summer, she changed her paper this week. I was, like, thrilled me. I was like, that's great, right? Summer, I saw you, she, you put your new certification in the, in the frame. Like, when I go to the doctor, I want to see the certification in the frame. Show me the paper, you know? Don't, don't cut me until I see the paper. <laughs> treasures have value. Treasures bring security. Here's the other thing about treasures. They last. A well-built home can last multiple lifetimes, multiple lifetimes. Uh, this last fall uh, in November, um, I, I was in England for a little vineyard trip uh, and they put me up, they put me up uh, when I was in Manchester in this place called the Didsbury Hotel. Doesn't that sound English? The Didsbury Hotel. It's like 400 years old, guys. Yeah, a well-built manor can last multiple lifetimes. Some of you guys, maybe you just bought a house or maybe you're building a house. Here's what's cool about it it's going to remain like it's treasure because it's on land that's scarce, but it's also treasure because that sucker is going to last and last. And hopefully it's going to outlast you, right? Education. You get an education, it'll serve you for a lifetime. 
Like what you know can never be taken away from you. Relationships and family, they're similar. They hold us our entire lives. I, I just love the idea of like little tiny babies. They get born and they're, hold by their, they're held by their mothers. And guess, can I tell you something? When, when a mother holds that little baby, uh, here's the truth. Your mom will hold you uh, either in her arms or in her heart your whole life. And that's what family does. Families hold you your whole entire life. And in the end, and in the end it'll, be, it'll be the little baby that holds mom and dad. Like that's how this thing goes. Like a family will hold you your whole entire lifetime. Uh, it's one of the reasons uh, that it's so precious to us. And money, money persists as well. Uh, it changes hands. But how many of you understand that money's a little bit like energy? It never goes away. Like it can change hands, but it never goes away. Uh, in this way, treasures speak of eternity. And because of this, if you put all these things together, treasure speaks to the deepest human desires. Uh, pretty much, we are all looking for that which is valuable, that which is securing, and that which is lasting. We're all looking for spouses, houses, and meaningful work, and maybe a few bucks along the way. Uh, we want these things because they're frames we build our actual lives on. And in the story that Jesus is telling us this morning, he's saying there's something out there that we should pay attention to. He's saying there's this treasure that's out in the world. And it's, it's a treasure that's not just out in the world, but in a world that's filled with treasure, there's, there's a preeminent treasure that supersedes and eclipses them all. And what he's saying is God's kingdom is that treasure. Here, listen up, church. Listen up. Whatever you believe to be valuable, the thing that eclipses it will eventually be the kingdom of heaven. Like whatever you've given your heart, your energy, and your life to, whatever you think is the wisest thing to invest in, Jesus says to us twice this morning, there's this thing that's even more valuable. God's rule and God's reign, that's another way of talking about the kingdom of heaven. God's rule and reign, uh, that's treasure. Where God's rule and reign is, is accepted, where God's rule and reign is present, that is treasure to us. His ways are treasure. Uh, his presence is treasure. Uh, this morning, we did uh, a, a, few, a few songs this morning just to, to worship and declare the goodness of God. And how many of you were aware that like, the presence of God filled the room. It's the weirdest. When we get together and sing to God, his presence fills the room. And, and it's treasure. It's, it's, it's the most valuable thing. If there's a kingdom, then there's a king. And he is a treasure. Whatever we think we're looking for, what Jesus is telling us this morning is, we would do well to look for the kingdom. Okay. Number two, treasure doesn't just have these attributes. One of the things about treasure is that it's discovered. That's what we see in the parables this morning. Notice that in both stories, the treasure is discovered. In the first, the man finds it in the field. And in the second, a merchant sets out on a journey. A couple things about discovering the kingdom. Uh, number one, uh, we just need to get this deep into our hearts. The kingdom is something that we discover. Uh, there's an element of surprise to God's kingdom. And notice, notice in both of these stories that, that each man finds the treasure in the life they're already living, right? 
Like where, where's the treasure of God's kingdom? It's in, it's in your life as it is right now. It's like, it's real close to you. In both stories, it's just real close to you. Like the first guy, he's just out walking in a field. Look, treasure. The second guy's like, I'm going to look for treasure. And what does he find? He finds treasure. Yeah. There, it's, it's real close to you. It's happening in your life. Uh, the second thing I want to say about this discovery of the kingdom is this, that the kingdom of heaven isn't a result of my effort. It's not a result of my effort. I don't build the kingdom. We don't build the kingdom. We discover the kingdom. Uh, we don't earn the kingdom. We discover the kingdom. Uh, we don't create the kingdom. We discover it. There's, a, there's an element of surprise. It's sitting near our life, but somehow slightly outside of our life. We're not building the kingdom. We're not bringing the kingdom. We're not earning the kingdom. We're not creating the kingdom. We're always discovering the kingdom. It's discovered. Here's what that means. It's a surprise. Uh, it's laying around us in, sh in shocking ways. It might be right under your nose right now. Like the place you're probably going to find the kingdom of heaven is in your family, where you work, in your neighborhood, something happening in Campbellsville. It's going to be laying right around you and it's going to be right under your nose. We discover the kingdom. Here's what I want you to know this morning, church. It's around us. God's kingdom is around us. And God has planted the kingdom that we might find it. And where earthly treasure is based on scarcity, the kingdom treasure is pure abundance. I hope you see that as well this morning. It's like, it's this discovery, it's laying around us. And whereas earthly treasures are all based on scarcity, the kingdom of heaven, man, it is nothing. It's nothing if it's not pure abundance. The kingdom is sown on all kinds of soil. You remember that at the beginning of Matthew chapter 13? Jesus says there's this guy and he's got seeds. He sows it on. He sows it on rocky ground, thorny ground, hard path, and good soil. Like literally, literally God has sown his word into all kinds of soil. Like what kind of farmer would intentionally sow seeds on all kinds of soil, not just good soil? Here's what kind of farmer would do that. Uh, a, a generous farmer, but B, a farmer who has so much seed, he is not concerned with running out. The kingdom of heaven is not scarce. It's abundant. It's abundant. Uh, John chapter two, Jesus makes too much wine. That's like the first thing Jesus does when he shows up. They've been drinking all week. It's been a, it's been a wedding. They drank all week because the weddings back then were a week long. They run out of wine. It's very embarrassing. And somebody says to Jesus, hey, we drank all the wine. And Jesus is like, well, what does this have to do to me? And his mom says, well, you should do something about it. And Jesus is a good guy. So he obeys his mom, apparently. And he goes in and he makes some wine. He's like, well, what do you got? And we, he looks over there and there's like six stone water pots. And John says there's between 20 and 30 gallons in each of them. And I'm not great at math, but I'll just, let's go with 30, right? Six times 30, that's like 180 gallons of wine, right? What is Jesus telling us in that moment? God's kingdom is a celebration. God's kingdom is more fun than maybe you thought. And then, and then number three, God's kingdom is not about scarcity. Like if you do the math on this thing, 180 gallons, it's like, it's like, it's like 1,600 bottles of wine. That was the first thing Jesus did. The farmer sows seed on all soils. He's not just putting it on good soil. He's got so much seed and he's so kind and generous. He'll sow it into every nook and cranny, every crack, every place. He'll just throw the seed. Why? 
because there's an abundance. Jesus makes 180 gallons of wine. Not only that, but the disciples at one point have to carry home 12 basketfuls of fish and bread. Y'all remember that story? Everybody looks at Jesus and they're like, uh, we're hungry. And Jesus is like, well, what you got? And there's a little boy and he's like, well, I've got a, a couple, couple pieces of bread and, and a handful of fish. He's like, give that to me. And Jesus prays a little prayer, breaks it up, starts handing it out. And then all of a sudden, 5,000 people have been fed. And when they pick up all the pieces, there's 12 basketfuls, one for each of the disciples who didn't believe they had anything to eat to carry home. That's, that, was, that was the whole point. Like, hey, you guys didn't think we had anything? Well, why don't you carry that basket on the journey? And what is that about? God's kingdom, God's kingdom is abundant. Uh, Jesus, promises, Jesus promises in John chapter 4 that there's a fountain that can fill up all your thirsts. I've been thinking about that this week. Jesus promises the woman at the well in John chapter four, he said, if you knew who was talking to you, you'd be asking me for water because I've got water that if you drink it, you'll never be thirsty again. What is that? Oh, that's, that, is, that is an abundant word from God himself. Jesus isn't saying, I've got some good water and there, there ain't much of it. And if you're really good and get your life together, you know, I'll let you have a sip. You know, if you pay off your credit cards, talk nicer to your wife and never look at pornography again, I'll let you have one drink. You know, if, you, if you're nice to your kids and if you get that degree and if you get your life straightened out, you know, if you stop drinking too much, then I'll let you have a sip. No, that wasn't what he said. Jesus said, if you knew who was talking to you, if you knew who was talking to you, I got a drink that will make you never thirst again. This is the abundance of God's kingdom. It's actually not based on scarcity at all. It's based on abundance. And then in Revelation, in Revelation, it says that the streets are paved with gold, which is, which is the Bible's way of saying that which is scarce on earth is blacktop in heaven. It's one of my favorite images from the Bible. It's like, you know, that stuff we put at Fort Knox, well, there's so much of it in heaven, they're like, well, I guess we'll make sidewalks out of it. <laughs> Completely not based on scarcity. The other thing I notice in this parable about discovery is that there's two kinds of discovery. In the first story, in the first story, the man, he's just out walking fields and he stumbles on some treasure. I love this story. It's a complete accident. He didn't even know there was a treasure laying around. He didn't wake up that morning looking for treasure. Nothing inclined him towards that possibility. Maybe you've heard, maybe you've heard that phrase before, a blind pig can find an acorn occasionally. This is that guy. Some of us in the room are that man. We were just out living our lives and we stumbled into God. We, we weren't even thinking about God. We, we weren't even interested in God. Some of us in the room weren't even spiritually inclined. We were just like living our life. We went out for a walk one day and ran straight into Jesus. Maybe some of us in the room aren't interested in such things. Maybe you got drug here. You don't even know why you're here. Maybe you didn't even know it existed. Some of us some of us in the room didn't grow up in a Jesus home. Maybe you were pursuing other things. Maybe you were pursuing other treasures, 
Um, maybe, maybe you were literally, maybe you were literally drunk and stumbling, and maybe you fell down in a stupor, and at the bottom you found Jesus, like it was a complete accident. Jesus says that's one of the ways it happens. Like, how do you how do you get kingdom treasure? Oh, sometimes sometimes you almost ruin your life. You get super drunk and you fall down, and at the bottom you find Jesus, and that's how you get it. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you, you run into the treasure of the kingdom and you weren't even looking for it. Sometimes, sometimes the kingdom of heaven isn't even a thing you wanted and you just go out and find it. That's the way it works sometimes. But then the second story Jesus tells is like the opposite. He says, there's another kind of discovery and it's the one born of searching. He said, there's a wine, he said there was a wine merchant. He said there was a a pearl merchant. I've got wine on my brain this morning. He said there was a pearl merchant and he said this pearl merchant was looking for pearls. And what that means is some of the discoveries of the kingdom, they're born from searching. Some of us in the room this morning were seekers. You knew by some kind of intuition that there had to be more. Some of us were born with that intuition. Oh man, this, this life thing, there's something else going on. I can feel it in the background. I don't have words for it, but I know there's something more. Some of us in the room ached with the thought that there was something more, there, that there was a pinnacle. Uh, so you read, you started reading books. Uh, some of you traveled. Some of you looked for for truth. Some, some looked for beauty. Uh, you just searched and searched. And, and some of us here have landed in this space this morning, like literally in this room because you were seekers. Uh, some of us have been looking for that perfect pearl. You were looking for the one by which all the others were measured. Here's what that means this morning. There, there's, there's, there's two kinds of discovery. The kingdom of heaven is always only ever discovered, but it happens a couple different ways. Some of them are accidental and some of them some of them are discoveries that we set out to find. And if you're here this morning because you're seeking something more, here's what I want you to know. Good news. God's kingdom is near to you. You're inching closer to that pearl. And if you don't know why you're here this morning, I also want to tell you this. That's okay too. God has put his most precious treasure right in front of you. Here's the good news about God. God has reserved treasure for the unaware and those gripped by intention. This is the good news. God has, he has positioned, he has positioned his treasure for the unaware and those gripped by intention, which says something about God, doesn't it? It says something about God. It, it, it says this, he intends on everyone getting shocked by discovery. Everybody. God wants everybody to find it, whether by accident or whether by intention. God wants everyone to find it. Final thing I see in the parables this morning about the kingdom. What's the kingdom like? It's like a treasure. The final thing I see this morning in both stories is that treasure costs. If you'll permit me, I'd like, you to, I'd like to read the fine print to you this morning. Anybody ever read the fine print? You don't. You just, you just scroll and press accept. That's what you do. You just scroll, accept. I don't even know. I just gave my children away. I gave my children away so I could play this app. They now own my kids. Scroll except. Well, Jesus tells a couple stories, and in both of the stories, there's a cost associated with the treasure. 
Treasure of the kingdom, it's out in the world. It's waiting to be discovered, but it costs. I hope you noticed it. It's in both parables. And by the way, the cost is everything. If you want to be a doctor, that'll cost you a ton of money and eight years of hard school. If you want to raise your kids in a house, you want to own a home, you want to raise your kids there, you want to have a a house that you can have the family over for Thanksgiving and Christmas, most of us here do. Here's what that'll cost you. 30 years of mortgage payments. Uh, you You want a beautiful marriage? Well, it also costs. Uh, It's a lifetime of laughter, uh, but it's also a lifetime of saying, I'm sorry. It's my fault. Right? You want to have a marriage that lasts? It's great. It's literally a treasure. And it will cost you, it will cost you the entire relationship. It'll cost you. You'll have to learn to say, I'm sorry. You'll have to learn to do things you didn't love doing. Like when I first got married, I hated doing the dishes. I literally hated it. I literally hated it. And here's what I learned. If I wanted to have a good marriage, I was going to have to pay that price and, and, and do the dishes. And, but here's what's weird. Now I love it. I'm like, well, you guys just get out of the kitchen. I'm cleaning this up. Right? Yeah. You want treasure? You want treasure? Well, here's what you got to do. You'll have to pay for it. And it's the same in God's kingdom. Uh, you'll have to sell it all. You'll have, to, you'll have to trade everything you have to lay hold of it. In both cases... This morning, the men traded everything. The first man discovers a treasure in the field. He goes, he sells everything he has to buy the field with the treasure in it. The first man's looking for pearls of great price, finds the perfect pearls, sells everything he has to lay hold of the pearl. If you want treasure, there's a cost and it'll take, it'll take everything. But here's the thing, church. They did it with joy. Uh, you don't just... You don't just lay hold of the kingdom. Here's what you find in the end. You find in the end that it's laid hold of you. You you find in the end that it it wasn't just something you were pursuing, but that in the end it was pursuing you. It, It lays hold of you. And there's a sense in which whatever seems like transaction in these stories, whatever feels like payments, is really, it's really just you and I acknowledging reality. That's all it really is. It's not really a transaction. It's not so much that it's a payment. It's actually you and I just acknowledging reality. It's not that we've laid hold of it. It's that we found this treasure. And what we end up finding is that it had laid hold of us. The treasure of the kingdom, it costs everything. It costs everything. Uh, The stories that Jesus is telling us this morning is basically him saying this. uh, Would you give up every other form of reality? Just give up all the other forms of reality. We quite literally trade our lives up to this point for the life of the kingdom. And here's what I would like to say to you this morning. I think it's what Jesus is saying to us uh, as well. It's this, just, just sell it all. Sell it all. Here's the thing, church. Whatever you have, God will trade you whatever you have. He will take your life and he will give you his. He will take your life and he will give you whatever you have. Just, just trade it in and God will, God will accept it. He'll take your life. He'll give you his. Uh, Peter was a fisherman and he became a fisher of men. That's, that's the way this thing works. When, when Jesus met Peter 
on the shore and Jesus says to Peter, hey, would you follow me? Uh, Peter just left and started following Jesus. And from that day forward, from that day forward, Peter had traded his life to become something different. Uh, Jesus runs into James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and they're quite literally in the boat with their father. And Jesus calls out to them and says, hey, would you follow me? And from that day forward, they weren't fishermen anymore. They were something different. And he walks up to Matthew sitting at his tax collecting booth, making a real good living, by the way, a real good living. And Jesus says, Matthew, I'd like for you to come and follow me. And Matthew traded in that moment, everything he had up to that, that very moment that Jesus walked by, he traded it and became something different. He became something different. He, he traded that one field for this other field. He traded all that he had acquired, all the pearls of his life up to that point, and he traded it for that one pearl of being around, being near, and becoming like Jesus. Paul was a persecutor of the church. In the end, he becomes a defender of the faith. Like, trade the field. Trade the field. Trade him every lesser thing. Whatever you think you're looking for, it's actually rooted in God. That's the, that's the parable this morning. Whatever you think you've acquired, it pales in comparison. Trade it in. There's a, there's a treasure that is only found in God. There's a treasure only found in Jesus. And whatever you bring him, he'll trade you. He will trade you. Uh, here's what I'd love to do this morning. Uh, I would love for us to have a, uh, a moment of response. If you're on the band this morning, why don't you come up? Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.